I have an article entitled Matt Blankenship reveals current status of survivor romance with Franny. Do you want to know the answer to this pivotal question? Uh, yes. Yes. You're ready I'm to be hurt? You're ready I'm to be hurt? Okay. hurt. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer. We are both learning live on air whether Matt and Franny are still together. All right. The question as asked is, I know you know this question is coming, but what is the status of you and Franny now? Go ahead. Spill the beans. Ready? I'm ready. Yeah, we're still dating. <laughs> oh my God. We're still going strong. Obviously, there is so much chemistry there. We're two dorky magnets. We couldn't stay away from each other. We did get Ethiopian food. We're planning that road trip. We are making it happen. Welcome to Outwit, Outplay, Outpod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. We're here to talk about Survivor Season 44, Episode 7, Let's Not Be Cute About It. Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? You should absolutely control the vote of your enemy and not your friends. Um... Last episode, I predicted a little Lauren-Heidi potential alliance, and perhaps Heidi went into this thinking that if I control my friend's vote, I can kind of explain it away later, and it'll all be fine. Or it was the edit, and they're actually not as close as last week's Kicking by the Fire made us believe. Um, But I think it's going to be a little rocky, because at the end of the day, it's a slight, and... I don't think Lauren's going to take too kindly. Not only do I agree, you you stole my plan A for my fire take, so I'm I'm gonna have to move to plan B. But like, I think like we'll, we'll talk about it later into the episode. But like, survivor advantages are not always advantages. I don't think mm-hmm. Heidi played this one right, but it was also like, I, I like I wrote down in my notes here: survivor advantages are a sweet treat with a bitter aftertaste. You get Ooh. that shock of surprise, and it seems nice, but I don't know. They can blow up in your face. Um, All right, my fire take this week is a pretty simple one, and I won't belabor it because we're going to spend the whole episode on it, in my opinion. This was my favorite episode of the season. It was probably my favorite episode of the last three or four seasons. There were layers here. Like, I was taking... This episode took me on an emotional journey that I can't really think of a time that Survivor has taken me on. I am so high on this episode that... I was sort of afraid to be entirely sincere and earnest with this take. Like, Kayla, you might have to pull me down to earth a little bit and keep keep me grounded because I freaking loved this episode and I can't wait to dig into it. Uh, please. I cried. Like, when everyone was crying, I cried. Am I a prior feel... But I, I saw everyone around the fire and I was just like, Jeff Probst, you've done it again. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you. And Jeff did a great job facilitating the tears. But yeah, I... I don't know if I welled up, but I was darn close to it. Um, This was moving, moving with a capital M. So Kayla, why don't you take us from there before I start shedding a few more tears to the recap? What happened this episode? Yam Yam leads the charge on naming the tribe Vava. 4-4, not 44, but 4-4 in Fijian. Brandon then reveals to Matt that his idol is fake, raising suspicions that Danny actually planted this fake idol and might have the real idol. 
They divide into two groups at the Immunity Challenge. It's a Brandon Franny showdown in the balance arm strength competition. Franny wins. And then that makes Lauren, Jam Jam, Jamie, Matt, and Brandon vulnerable at Tribal Council. Everyone else is going to watch Tribal and they won't have a vote. After the winter feast of peanut butter and jelly and chips, Heidi wins a race to find a correct key to open a new or the same bird cage um, and get control of a vote advantage. In the losing group, Matt and Jam Jam are the ones at risk at tribal. Matt and Franny are crying. Carolyn and Jam Jam are crying. Kayla's crying on her couch. Heidi controls Lauren's vote to be for Jam Jam, and that ultimately sends Matt home, and he has one of the most sincere um, tribal goodbyes I think I've, I've ever seen. All right, Kayla, we're going to upset the typical order of our usual episode and start with the fan fire take of the week. How does that sound to you? It sounds great. Okay, well, this fanfire take is unlike many other fan, fanfire takes, uh, and I, I say that in honor of the Jewish holiday of Passover today. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase a few of the ideas because there were really like three or four fire takes. It was, it was really a Russian doll of an email. It was the gift that kept give, giving. Uh, one of the fire takes from this listener was that every week we should troll for sponsors. And I think we sort of already did this last week, low-key, with the IHOP pitch as the Merge Fees sponsor. <laughs> we didn't realize we were doing it, but uh, I kind of like this fire take. We'll see if it feels natural. We'll see if it feels natural. Uh, the, the other pitch of a segment was one called A Time for Jeff, where you and I earnestly pitch ourselves as future contestants of Survivor, really buttering Jeff up with some flattery and some love. You know, I respect the fire take, but you know, we're journalists over here. We got to hold Jeff accountable. And sometimes he's not, he's not going to like what we have to hear. And, and we just hope Jeff respects that. Um, but that brings me to the main event, which was a crucial fire take. And uh, I'll, I'll just quote directly from the email here. I was surprised that in your power rankings, you didn't end up naming an ultimate, an ultimate survivor who wins this season. And my question for you, Kayla, is how good are we at podcasts to leave our listeners on a cliffhanger? I mean, Everyone who listens here and subscribes, they were on the edge of their seat for the past week wondering who you and I were thinking we'd pick to win the whole game and become the ultimate survivor. We clearly do this for the love of the game. We do. <laughs> and not for the narrative. Um, that was our bad. We should definitely, we owe you guys an end to the power ranking for sure. Yeah, 100%. So so why don't, I'll, I'll give a little refresher here and then I'll kick it over to you, Kayla. Kayla, for your top three, you had Carolyn, Franny, and Danny. Who do you think would ultimately win? Who, if anyone, would earn the second most votes and who is finishing third? I think I'm going to give it to Franny as our sole survivor. I had an inkling in my mind that she was actually a challenge beast and this episode solidified it. Like the head-to-head -head with Brandon, I could just tell. I was like, Franny is a a hiking yoga kind of lady. I feel like anybody who practices yoga on the show often is really well suited to the types of challenges that happen during individual immunity because there's a bit of arm strength, a bit of balance. Um, and I think her social game is on point and she's in perhaps of a less vulnerable position given the way the episode went. I think as a number two, I'm gonna give it to 
Danny, just because, ah, uh, Carolyn, Carolyn, I'm, your social game is growing more tenuous day by day. Um, so I have to give it to Danny just because I think he'll have a couple immunities under his belt by the time we get to the end. All right, listeners. Well, now for something completely different. I had as my final three Carolyn, Jam Jam, and Heidi. My sole survivor is Carolyn. And I stand, as you said last episode, ten toes down with that take because Carolyn is going to be underestimated to the end and she is going to give one hell of a spiel to this final tribal and it's going to blow their minds. She is going to open their eyes to the degree to which she was finding advantages, running the game with the three stooges, having the foresight and according to my prediction to vote out Carson so she wasn't competing him at the final tribal. And I think we're going to have a little bit of an alligabler situation where people are so shook by the fact that the person came to final tribal prepared with a reasonable line of argument to justify why they should win the game that they're just going to hand her the million dollars right there. Um, and, and I firmly believe that. And, and yeah, I, I'm just sort of rooting for it. And that's definitely coloring, uh, coloring my opinion here. Uh, I think in second place, we're going to have Mr. Jam Jam. I think he'll definitely get v- some votes for just social game and pure likability as we continue to see in this episode. Like, you just cannot be mad at Jam Jam. You can't. And then I think Heidi, Heidi will finish in, in third. Um, and Heidi didn't really sort of make a, she did not expand her resume this episode with her, her playing of the advantage, which we'll dig into in a little bit. Um, but thank you listeners for bearing with us on us finishing our power rankings. We, we appreciate, we appreciate you hanging on for the ride here. Um, a quick update on where we both had Matt, Kayla, you had Matt lasting until final five. I had him lasting until final, final six. So according to the point system that we identified last week, no blood here. It's still zero, zero. We are neck and neck as we head into the final 10 of this season of. All right. Well, why don't we move to the episode as it stood here? Um, and I think we want to kick things off with a little bit of tribe naming. So Kayla, as you mentioned in your recap, the tribe, the merged tribe gets named Vava, which according to Jam Jam, and I did not bother to double check him in my research. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Vava means 4-4 in Fijian. Um, And so we're just going to roll with that. We're going to assume Jam Jam is right. Um, But Kayla, my question for you here is like, if you make the merge... Are you putting forward a name for the merged tribe? And and just your thoughts generally on sort of the politics of merged tribe names proposed. I think I could easily be caught up putting forward a name because to me, this seems like a silly little crowd bonding effort. Um, would do it for the love of the game. I would be the one Googling ahead of time. Um, Because hopefully it's just like a silly, goofy moment for everyone. However, I did see Carson kind of put forward and immediately back off because he didn't want to be perceived as like controlling this. But I don't know. I feel like it's a pretty low stakes opportunity to kind of have a little brainstorm, do a little ice breaking and like get to know the tribe. Now, if you have already been called out in the past 14 days for being bossy a little too hot and heavy with the shelter or the fire you should not be putting forward a name you've lost your naming privileges (laughs) but if you've just been like jam jam chilling like i think it's great 
Yeah, totally agree. I We have seen on prior seasons of Survivor occasions where, and I think multiple times this has occurred, occasions where Survivor contestants entirely made up out of whole cloth a random word in the native language of whatever island they happen to be on, which, you know, perhaps a little bit unethical. We'll start there. But beyond that, you know, you can now, like now that the, the people who play Survivor are clearly such hardcore fans. I think they're aware of that tendency. Yeah. So to me, like, there's not much to gain. And you're potentially, like, creating a little bit of suspicion. But I think your take that you can sort of adapt to what you what you have been branded as in the game and base your decision on whether you name the tribe is probably the right one. Like, if you're coming on a little too hot, like, yeah, don't name the tribe. It's time to pump the brakes. And <laughs> and you did refer there to a, a deleted a deleted scene. I'll link to that in the show notes as well, where uh, Carson was the other person who sort of put a little name in the running to be to be named for the tribe. And and I respect Carson. I, I feel like he's such a pure Survivor fan that he like needed to say that, but he was right to sort of like backpedal once it was clear the momentum of the naming was behind Jam Jam and who's going to disagree with Jam Jam you like he's clearly like the most popular islander stripping away all aspects of the game just like as a person so don't get in the way of that train he's got a lot of moments okay so tribe naming aside we then move to a challenge where somewhat ironically we sort of divide into two tribes um two tribes i would say of equal challengeability in fair vava where we lay our scene and it ended up being a showdown like clearly this was a good way to divide up these tribes and we have brandon and franny like going head to head what were your thoughts on this challenge kayla I really liked this challenge. I was immediately nervous. So Carson picked the orange team, which I feel like he picked strictly off of alliances, which I think is genius. That's also who I would have picked. Like if I have to go to tribal, I want to go with my people and not like with some randos on the off chance that I would win. So I think that was a great move. I was very nervous when Franny's folks started dropping like flies. I was like, oh, this isn't going to be that exciting. But the fact that she had the stick to itness till the end was amazing. Brandon, I'm surprised, honestly, took it this well. And maybe we like, there was some stuff left on the cutting room floor. But Brandon, to me, seems like pro athlete, highly competitive individual, gives me a little bit of a, I don't like to lose to a woman energy. And so I was shocked he was able to kind of rein that in and keep his cool. Yeah, Franny over Brandon was a true David and Goliath story. And I feel like this is the moment where I need to start justifying just how high I am on this episode. Like, it was so cool. Like, the exactly how you described, like Franny's tribe drops like flies. So you're like, okay, there's no way Franny makes it. And then she holds strong and she beats the biggest guy and the only professional athlete in this challenge. When Jeff sort of awards her the immunity, she's tearful. She's talking about how this is evidence that now she can believe in herself, which was a bit of a theme. Like Matt began the episode talking about how confident he was beginning to feel and ends the episode, obviously, in tears and crush, but ultimately complimenting Franny on her challenge performance. So like everything was just so connected here like this there were like themes this episode to me it was almost literary and like how meaningful it felt and i know i'm like overtime and i know that they had to reach for it i think when you have people who are one so 
deeply invested into the game of Survivor and two, have really meaningful social connections, like, I think things start to flow on their own. A hundred percent. And like, to me, like, they, they say that the hero's journey is like the crux of any well-told story. And part of the hero's journey is that you succeed in achieving your objective, but the result of achieving that episode, objective ends up not being what you expected. Perfect to describe Franny's journey here, where she wins, but she sends her you know, presumed the life love partner. Of her life. Yes, <laughs> the love of her life. There's just no other way to describe it. it. She she leaves him vulnerable. And so I think the key question here that Survivor fans across the planet are asking themselves is, did Franny make the right move winning this challenge? Should she have thrown it knowing that she would be safe because she outlasted everyone else in her group and her number one ally and lover, Matt, would also be totally cool? What do you think, Kayla? Should she have thrown the challenge? Isaac, I've been thinking about this like (laughs) all day and I keep going back and forth with myself where I'm like, she has really, I feel like elevated herself, but I don't think anyone perceived her as a threat before. So I think this is actually very positive. Like I think it's showing that she could potentially run something and that she won't be a take along or just like another extra vote. So in that case, I'm like, oh, I love that that is her new position within this group of people. And I don't think that would have been true had she not been able to outlast Brandon. But I don't, Oh, I don't know. I kind of think she should have thrown it because Matt was her just top ally. And I do think that they could have had control for a little bit longer. I know the rumblings around camp were beginning to start. People had identified them as a duo and were trying to take them out. But I don't know. I think this will be like difficult for her emotionally for at least a few days, especially on very few calories. And I'm not sure that's like what's best your decision making that's a good point like just sort of for some like self emotional self-care like the notion of you know her now having to cope with matt gone it could throw a wrench in her game i'm with you where i've just been like going back and forth back and forth so much i do feel like a golden rule of survivor is like don't overthink it like when you're presented with the opportunity to win just win and especially when you're in the midst of a challenge that's requiring all of your focus I certainly do not blame her one bit for deciding I'm just going to stick to I'm just going to stick it out because I feel like that and that's sort of in the spirit of the game. So, I don't begrudge Franny at all for making mm-hmm. this decision decision. Was it the right strategic decision? Only time will tell. I think the sort of the, the best case for this being the right decision is, you know, Matt as much as she may care about him, she could have been he could have been an anchor dragging her down for the rest of the game, you know? Like people People are suspicious of couples, and both you and I gave as our justifications last week. You you had Matt going out first, I believe, and I had Franny going out first, but we both gave our justifications as the fact that ultimately this couple would be identified as a threat that needs to be eliminated, and that's no longer a problem on Franny's radar. I just had a new thought. Okay. I actually don't think she should have thrown it. Okay. Ask me again in 30 minutes. I'm going to have a different answer. <laughs> but I think... If she did, I think even if she lost, let's say, I think there could have been a little rumble around camp that she did throw it either way to save Matt. And that would have just been like, that's fair for her. 
You're 100 percent right. Actually, that is the take. I think you got to the solution there. You're right. If she had saved Matt and they both survived, one of them would have been on the chopping block immediately. The other thing I'll say, just as fans, if Franny's tribe had group had gone to tribal, I'm pretty darn sure Carolyn would be going home. Now she did have her idol, so she probably would have played it. So who knows? Maybe it would have been even more exciting. But once she played her idol, then she would have another target on her back. So I think. The fact that, let's just zoom out for a second and look at the big yeah. picture. The fact that our two favorite players, Jam Jam and Carolyn, survived this episode is a miracle. 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 All right, so post-challenge, we get the grand key hunt following the, the, the victors getting to scoff down some peanut butter and jelly and chips. Um... I thought this was really interesting. Kayla, we were saying off air, this was like almost like a mini challenge in and of itself and very different than I think things we've seen Survivor done. For me, it really landed. I should, I, I think for others, it might've felt just sort of like luck, you know? It's like you're yeah. playing roulette, like who's gonna get the first key? So I, I respect folks who feel like maybe it was a bit unlearned, unearned, but I, I found it kind of interesting and we get this wrinkle in the game with the control of vote that I think ultimately made the episode just more entertaining. Yeah, this was the episode. And I don't know, Survivor's all about luck. Like the now that we brought back fire making, like the producers are clearly all in on luck. Um, so I think that's fine. I did have a question where I'm like, Survivor producers, if you're out there, please tell me, did you pick up the rest of the keys or are you leaving them as little plants for the rest of the castaways who are on the other island to find and cause chaos? Please tell Ooh, me. I need to know. <laughs> I like that take. And you never know. They might forget a key and then like on a future season, even given that they keep using Fiji, who knows? Maybe some future contestant will stumble upon it. But, but you talked about the role of luck in Survivor, which is the perfect segue into, I thought, one of the most interesting thematic questions of the episode and I wish we got more of this because you got you to gotta think that when folks are stuck on an island together and they're huge fans of Survivor, they do a lot of just like Survivor philosophy, I'll Positive. call it. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. And, and so we have this sort of Brandon versus Matt sort of conversation. And the question is very similar to what you asked. And Matt basically makes this supposition that isn't it a shame that the person who is best at Survivor does not always win Survivor. And Brandon immediately sort of contradicts that narrative and says, you know, I don't really think that's true. I think how good you are, you are at Survivor ultimately depends on your ability to adapt to different breaks and different twists in the game, regardless of whether they're good luck or bad luck. So the person who wins at Survivor is ultimately the person who is best at Survivor. This is a question, it was articulated so well. I've, I've thought about this question, I feel like so much watching this show. Like Kayla, do you like are you immediately on either team Brandon or team Matt for this question? I think it's the difference between being a player of Survivor and being a viewer of Survivor. Okay. Because to watch an entire season of Survivor and know someone who keeps rising to the literal challenges and like the emotional and social challenges of the game to not be awarded at the end, I do think gets to a little bit of our brain and makes us feel a little prickly and like it's an unsatisfying ending. 
Um, but I absolutely, if I'm going to be the fan of Ella Gabler that I am, I have to agree with Brandon's take that the people who are winning this modern era of Survivor are the chameleons. They know when they need to back off, when they need to move forward, when they need to switch without looking like a flip-flopper, which was, I feel, for some mid-seasons of Survivor, like, that was the kiss of death if you were labeled the as anyway as a flip-flopper but I think that's like becoming a little bit less of a case and it's still a real game that's based on alliances but those alliances I think are becoming way more fluid in this modern era than they were initially where it was like we meet on day two and I'm kind of riding with you to the end so I hate to agree with Brandon sorry Brandon um but his point yeah, well, it was very wise of you to bring up Gabler because I was immediately going to bring him up as a counterpoint to your argument. So you already nipped that one in the bud. Um, but I do have to say that I agree. And I'll return to a comparison I made in a previous episode. Survivor is like a race where you never want to appear like you have a lead until the very end. And so I think one of the sort of myths that we are still holding on to from previous versions of Survivor is that the person who is best at Survivor is the person who got the biggest lead at some point in the game. And mm -hmm. I'm looking at like a Boston Rob or a Russell Hans during seasons in which they did not end up winning, where it was like, oh my gosh, you're so impressed by their ability to find idols, their social game, their ability to basically like mind control the people around them, regardless of the ethics of what tactics they take in achieving that goal. Um, but ultimately, if they don't win, it's because they came on too strong. It's because the jury hates them when they get to the final three. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to give them any points for being the best survivor if ultimately a jury of their peers decides they were not the ultimate survivor. So I'm right there with you for sure. All right, Isaac. So another new bit on Survivor as kind of a last hope, it seems. Matt offers Jeff a papaya of peace. Tell me what you think about that. So I love the papaya of peace. More importantly, I love the sort of bit of comp trying to like forge compromises with Jeff when you know there is zero chance. Because once in a while, he has negotiated with survivors, yeah. I think. Right? Like, when it comes to, like, rewards and stuff, like I think he's done and something. I remember, like, 42, there was that big rights negotiation. Yeah. So, so it's Jeff's fault. Like, he has opened the can of worms of survivors thinking that they can negotiate with him. So, I love it. I'm here for it. It's like, everyone has their little, like, their type five where they do their little stand-up comedy routine. And they're like, Jeff, I brought this. And, like, don't snuff my torch, buddy. And, and, and I love how Jeff leans into it in this episode. He, like puts his hand on his chin and he pretends to ponder it like I'm, I'm there for the it. papaya like yes, 100% <laughs> yeah yeah so I love the sense of humor with which Jeff takes all this stuff but I do have a proposal about this for you Kayla and love. my proposal is that when you and I find ourselves in bitter disagreement about a certain take related to a season of Survivor and it becomes clear that we will not be able to bridge the gap between our perspectives. I think we just have to offer one another a papaya of peace and we just have to move on. We just have to bury the hatchet and move on, accept the papaya of peace and move on. Papaya of peace, ladies and gentlemen, 
this is now a bit of outwit outplay outpod yeah and kudos to matt thank you for uh lending this lending this little segment to us and i'm sure we'll accumulate more but yeah i I was here for the papaya piece it looked very unripe next time maybe try to find something a little more ripe i was was like what's gonna do with that (laughs) it was a very green papaya i agree um all right but um you know getting getting the comedy out of the way here this uh, this tribal council saw it all. I mean, we had so many emotions that it was like difficult to even like get through at times. The strategic complexities of the decisions people had to make were immense, whether it was Matt and Jam Jam deciding whether they wanted to vote together or vote for one another, whether it was how Heidi was going to deploy her advantage to control the vote. Lauren has to ask Jeff for a clarification of whether it control the vote means that they control two votes or one vote like it's just a lot of layers here so I I certainly wouldn't blame folks if they feel like it's going a bit over their head because the complexity is real um but Kayla what I guess let's start with Heidi's decision the control the vote decision how do you think she handled it did she end up making the right call by controlling Lauren's vote and forcing her to vote for Matt sorry Heidi you bungled this one like this was such an opportunity to make friends. Like, I think more than anything, this was an opportunity to have a bunch of people indebted to you. Like, that was the point in my eyes of the control your vote. And at the same time, it's to select who you want your enemy to be, which is so powerful because sometimes you end up just like as a name thrown out in the wind as Jam Jam and Kane have both already seen. So now you get to be like kind of in control of who are your friends and who are your enemies. Instead, I don't think, I think she's perhaps made an enemy, we're not sure yet, out of Lauren and also her and Brandon seem to be voting together pretty closely. And she's made an enemy out of prior Soka um, and definitely didn't make any friends with Franny who could have been a really like powerful Alliance member for her. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I would love to hear, I, I'm really looking forward to the first few minutes of next episode because I just want to understand the justification that Heidi offers the reactions of members of Soka who potentially disagreed with her ultimate decision I want to understand how Lauren will react to someone who I think she perceived as maybe her closest ally in the game deciding to control her vote. So, yeah, there was I, a lot there. Like, say that again. The vote. What would you do? Oh, man, I'm trying to game this out. And it's honestly like almost too complex. Okay, so if I'm Heidi, I'm assuming that Matt and Jam Jam are voting for one another. So I don't think, so if if I'm assuming that Matt and Jam Jam are voting for one another and I want to save Matt, wouldn't I control Jam Jam's vote and have him like do like a throwaway vote? Because to me, like the most predictable vote is probably the one you should control because that is going to give you the biggest opportunity to influence the direction of tribal. So I guess I would have like controlled Jam Jam's vote and had him vote for Brandon, like uh, just as a throwaway to sort of take his vote off the table. And that would have resulted in a tie, I think, this episode. Mm-hmm. So something could have happened. I'm not entirely sure. What happens if it's a tie, the two people sit out and they vote again? Ugh. I'm not sure how that would have worked. It might have been another tie. And then what? Go to rocks? Are we still doing rocks or is it fire these days? No, it's rocks. It's rocks pre-final four, I believe. 
but yeah, but this is what I'm talking about. Like, you know, we're both, we both consider ourselves sort of like fairly dedicated survivor fans. We have a gosh darn podcast about it for goodness sake. And, and I'm just like, I sort of like run out of brain power to like analyze all the eventualities. So I don't want to be too hard on Heidi, but I kind of think that the choice she made was one of the worst choices. Presented one of the worst. Yeah. Okay. All right. So during this tribal, as I said, a lot of folks are in tears. Jeff, you know, Jeff, to me, we've seen many versions of Jeff. We see Jeff the judge. We see Jeff the interrogator. To me, we almost got like Jeff the therapist here. He asked Matt, what has this journey meant to you? He asked Jam Jam, what has this journey meant to you? And they were beautiful stories. And I feel like it's rare this early in the game that you get such emotional depth and realism from characters like this. Ultimately, though, Matt sadly has to depart. Jeff snuffs his torch. And on the way out, he says over his shoulder, Franny, I'm so proud of you for winning the immunity, which a lot of subtext there. The subtext is, Franny, I love you. The subtext is, Franny, you're beautiful. Franny, wait for me. I'll be there on the outside. Like, it was just, it was perfect. And again, like, this is why I'm high on this episode. It, it was almost literary, right? It was sort of like, if anything, it was understatement but there were just so many layers of meaning below it. The fact that Franny is crying, not only because she cares about Matt as a human being, also because her alliance has just taken a hit, also because she might've made the wrong decision to win the challenge, also because she didn't bring his bag, which had his shot in the dark in it, which would have given him a chance in hell. Like it was just, it was a lot. It was almost too much for me to take. And if you look at the next time on, like, Franny is not necessarily in a good place after this episode. Not doing great. Okay, but Isaac, do you feel like the producers gave it away? Like, I knew Matt was voted out well before. Once they hit us with that little montage, I was like, no, this is the highlights of Franny and Matt. They would have saved, they were saving on this. They were sitting on this little nugget. This was in someone's inbox, ready to slide into the episode when they would finally have to part. And I feel like once we saw that montage, like, I didn't need to see anything else. I knew he was on his way. I hear you. There's a very good case for that. But but Kayla, I, I offer a little bit of counsel to you. And I'm going to offer it in the spirit of the papaya of peace. Let's just roll this out already. You know, I, I just so badly want to take you out of the reading the edit universe. Like, just just enjoy this experience with the purity of the story that's being told. Like, to, to me, like looking at the producer, yes, you're right. I mean, clearly the slow-mo black and white montage. I was like, Isaac. Yeah. I know. I know. If if the producers are ever going to give the game away, like it was this episode, the, the montage of Matt and Franny's like best times, you know, it was sort of like, remember when they named a stick bug Ernest together? Remember when they did this? The last that? day of summer camp, they play the slideshow. They have that hope you have the time of your life song rolling. That was the energy. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But but I don't blame the like I would rather have that montage in this episode for the emotional impact than have the producers over index on trying to juke the audience's expectations. A hundred percent. I love that we leaned in on Ernest and I accept your papaya of peace. Thank you so much. That was the most important aspect of that conversation. Um, okay, Kayla. Well, anything else from this episode or from Tribal that you wanted to discuss? Anything we've left on the table? I'm bringing up safety without power. Yes, please do. So this was the first time that there's ever been like 
a challenge experience like this where half the group got to go to tribal but not vote. And I know you've talked a lot about like the ethics of Survivor. Where did this fall in that spectrum for you? How did you react to the fact that people were basically safer because of the actions of one person um, and didn't get to vote? Yeah, right. So when you say the actions of one person, do you mean Franny winning the challenge granted safety to a broader group? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know where I stand. I mean, on the one hand, I'm sort of taking a page out of your book, actually. You've talked about how, ultimately, Survivor is a show, like, is the entertainment value there? And this episode delivered on the entertainment value 1,000%. From a more, if I'm putting my ethic of Survivor hat on, it does frustrate me a little bit when you merge tribes and then do this splice and dicing of sort of randomness and it's like luck is so foregrounded as a factor in the game of survivor as a result of them splitting tribes like this yeah it does frustrate me a little bit like if you were designing a survivor strategy board game i would not advise for them to include twists like this where franny grants immunity to five other people who don't do anything to earn it but for survivor the television show it delivered now now what i will say is it's tricky, right? The producers are creating rules to a game. They don't know always if the rules to that game are going to deliver an entertaining episode. In yeah. this case, the producers, I would say, got somewhat lucky, you know? The producers yeah. got a split. We had a Romeo and Juliet-like romance where the two lovers were on opposite tribes. We had opportunities and ultimately tragically squandered opportunities for one of the people in the relationship to save their significant other. So it just worked out because the story that was in place totally reinforced the result of the challenge. But in general, my fan, not sure, not sure. The jury's out. But how about you? Like, was it okay with you from an ethic of Survivor perspective? I think it kind of has to be done because... Because Tika got eaten up so early and was so small, like, I think there is, like, a two to three episode gap where they would have liked to still have been in three tribes and getting the, whittling the numbers down in, like, interesting ways. So I give it up to the entertainment value again. Like, I do, I hate an early merge, and this is kind of preventing that and forcing folks who perhaps wouldn't have be natural allies to kind of come in contact with each other in a like new team environment, which I'm into. And again, opening the door for many other seasons without doing that, um, that bust the time clock from the past two seasons, which is yes. a bit I never understood and absolutely hated. And I'm happy is retired. Yeah. The hourglass has certainly been retired, but you're definitely, that's a good point that I hadn't thought about. Just the fact that ultimately dividing folks into two groups it's almost like having a little bit of a later merge because you don't let folks coast into the merge with whatever mm -hmm. their pre-existing alliance was because that can be boring sometimes when folks roll in with numbers and it just like vote out the minority. But in this case, it really helped upset that narrative. So yeah, I was a big fan. And, and I think, I think, I think that takes us to the end of the episode, Kayla, but I just want to turn it over for you, to you for a second. How much did you like this episode? Are you as high on it as I said I was when we opened with our fire takes? I deeply enjoyed this episode. Like I, 
am always entertained by Survivor, but this made me feel all the feelings, and that's not typically something I get from my 8 p.m. Wednesday night Survivor watching. So give it up to the Survivor producers. You've won this round. Um, am I as high on this episode as I think my lovely co-host? No, but I want to give it to him. You deserve it. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I, I assume that was offered in the spirit of the papaya of peace. Obviously. Um, obviously. Goes without saying there. But yeah, you know, every episode of Survivor engages my brain. This episode, it engaged my heart. And for that reason, I just have to give it so much love. Favorite episode of the season easily. Favorite episode of the last few seasons. I'll have to get back to the listeners of whether it was my favorite episode of all time. I'm not going to make that claim here because I now I'll have to live with that for a long time, but I won't go quite that far. Um, well, folks, appreciate as always you for tuning in. Please rate us five stars on your favorite podcasting app. And as always, the tribe has spoken and so have we. Mm-hmm.